Hey guys, welcome back to Floral Couch Conversations. I'm Emily. And I'm Melissa. And today we have a very special guest, although all of our guests are very special. <laughs> I feel like we need a new way to introduce our guests. It's getting repetitive. I, I know. <laughs> it is. But it's beautiful. She's nothing short of special. Very special. Yes. <laughs> we have Molly. <laughs> hey guys. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Also a little terrified, but I'm excited. (laughs) It'll be fun. I'm ready. So Alyssa, you said you've been watching Married at First Sight and you have so many thoughts. I'm really curious to hear what you have to say. So I watched the like first episode of this season and then it's just been like building up on my DVR. So I'm like binge watching right now. And right now I'm watching an argument about like (laughs) the couple on their honeymoon where they're like oh I feel like it was kind of a trick question because she asked if he likes stereotypical gender roles and so he said no (laughs) like not really and then she goes oh good but then she's like then they kept talking and she's like but you'll pay most of the bills right (laughs) and I'll do all the cleaning and cooking and he's like wait what and so now they're like (laughs) arguing about paying bills and stuff and I'm like what is happening Oh, no. Wait, can you – what is the premise of this show? Emily, do you want to tell it? Sure. So the premise of Married at First Sight is that these experts – so it's like a relationship expert, a sex expert. One of the guys I think is a pastor. I don't know if he's still on the show. but Yeah, I think um, he's like a spiritual expert. Yeah. And so they have all these experts that search for people in a certain area. So I haven't seen the most recent season, but they've done like – Chicago, New York, um, and different cities. And so they pick like a group of people and then they interview and like scrutinize these people's lives. And then they find six people and they match them up as couples. And then they have to just get married right away. And then they have like, what is it? Eight weeks to figure out if they want to stay married or get divorced. Yeah. So they literally meet at the altar. And it's, like, a for-sure marriage. Right. Like, they can't get it annulled. Oh, my gosh. Why, why would someone agree to that? I feel like they've got, like, a good so- – That sounds like a legal nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> they have, like, a solid 50%, like, success rate, I would say. Like, there's some, like, success stories. Really? Yeah. Oh, my there's, God. I need to watch There's this success show. stories, and then there's some really bad yeah. success stories. <laughs> Yeah, because one of the couples on this season is, like, so awkward. It's, like, always awkward silence. And I think it's funny because, Emily, you and I had talked about, like, whether I would go on it. And that would for sure be me just, like, sitting there awkwardly, not knowing what to say to this stranger. <laughs> be like, so, how's it Yeah, going? like, that's their conversation they just had was, oh, so you had three cups of coffee this morning? And she's like, Yeah. Like, that was their whole conversation. Like, okay. Oh, that's Have you changed your stance on whether or not you would go on? I mean, I think I'm still in the, it would be a drastic decision if I did. I like like the idea because, like, the research behind it is that, like, arranged marriages have better success rate for, I don't know what they talk about the reasoning, but because you're, like, forced to make a commitment right away and, like, compromise right away since it is a stranger. I don't know that that's a plan. <laughs> it's not plan A. No. Maybe plan B. Maybe but... plan like B. <laughs> <laughs> 
go through everything else first and then apply for right. yeah, I would do that if I was like 40 or something <laughs> but at this point I don't feel like it's super necessary in our lives right I'm still holding out hope for the old-fashioned yeah. meeting of my spouse <laughs> I mean no offense to the people that go on that show but yeah it is a, another reality show, so indeed, there could be multiple motives for going on. <laughs> Would you go on, Molly? Mm. Uh, I hate everyone, so I don't <laughs> think it would work out well for me. <laughs> I just don't see this being a good thing. Maybe your me. perfect match is someone that also hates everyone. You guys can just hate everyone together. <laughs> That's all of our conversations. It's like in the morning, it's like, I hate you. And they're like, I hate you too. I'm like, this is going to work out well for us. This is good. <laughs> Mutual hatred. I need to watch this show, though. This sounds like my kind of thing. Yes, it's good. I recommend. I can't believe I've never heard of it. <laughs> it's good. There's lots oh, of seasons crazy. out there. So if you're looking for something to binge watch. Mm, I am. I need something new you to watch. You have to get so. it where you can fast forward, though, because... The episodes are only a half hour long, but they spend the first, like, at least 15 minutes recapping of what happened in the last episode. So, oh, dear. you can, like, honestly watch what happens in each episode in five minutes. Well, they've made them longer now, so this one is, two, oh, really? like, a two-hour long episode. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but the- That's a commitment. <laughs> yeah. And you really need fast forward. Yeah, because they do are like, <laughs> this is a legally binding marriage, like blah, blah, blah. They say that like three times an episode. Yeah, they explain the premise of the show at, for like five minutes every episode. It's like, we know, we've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> well aware of it. Yes. Oh, God. Anyway, how is everyone? <laughs> Good. It's getting better. It's it's a little bit warmer here, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> It's not snowing anymore. Because you are in Chicago as we speak, right? I am. I'm currently in Chicago. It's great. And windy (laughs) right now. (laughs) Very, very windy. Molly and I actually met in Chicago when I was at Loyola first semester in college. And Mm -hmm. we only knew each other for about four months. But Mm -hmm. we've stayed really good friends ever since then. We have. She was in your wedding. We met on... I was! <laughs> what a beautiful wedding. That was a great wedding. You did great. <laughs> you guys did great, too. <laughs> Thanks! It was a great effort all around. <laughs> 100%. I love it. Yeah, we met on Mertz 15 mm-hmm. of Loyola's dorm. It was a good floor. <laughs> Yeah, if you freshman year of college. If anyone listening listened to our episode a few episodes ago with Nicole, she was also on Mertz fifteen. Mm-hmm. Wait, were you part of the what was your group called? The Smash Pit. The Smash yes. Pit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I was. I was one of the founding members oh, okay. as well. So <laughs> yeah. Yes. She was also one of the M names because we had Molly, Mandolin, Meredith, Morgan. And then mm-hmm. Nicole and Emily <laughs> as the outsiders. <laughs> Although you can, you get called M a lot, so it kind of works. That's true. <laughs> Honorary M. Yeah. Honorary M. <laughs> so, Molly, tell us a little bit yes. about where you're from, how long you've been in Chicago, mm-hmm. what made you what you did in college, and 
a little bit about your background. Okay, let's see. Um, I was born and raised in a town called Normal, Illinois. Um, it's like three hours south of Chicago. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's like it's not a small town. It's not a big town. Oh my- um, but it's. What? Sorry, I just like oh, I've heard of that. No, <laughs> nobody does them. You just make like really bad jokes all <laughs> of the time. And the minute I say I'm from Normal, they're like, oh, is that like? Is everybody normal there? I'm like, because I've never heard that before. You're oh not clever. <laughs> this needs to stop. <laughs> um, yeah, so I grew up there. I spent half of my time like in high school in normal and then half of my time with my dad in like a super small town at the farmhouse called Tawanda. That was the town name. Um, it had like 500 people. It was like a fun place to grow up. I would not move back. <laughs> ever but it's cute and it's home but I had always planned on like leaving and getting out of there um I feel like that town does that to a lot of people is either like you stay and you never leave or you're like I need to get that f out of here immediately upon turning 18 so that was me I decided to go to Chicago I had initially wanted to live in Seattle but some negotiations with my parents uh led me to a middle ground of Chicago instead of moving across the country. So that's where I wound up in Chicago at Loyola because I had wanted to be a journalist and I thought that I needed to be in a big city. The evolution of what you wanted to be when you grew up is crazy to me because uh-huh. I, this is the first time <laughs> I'm hearing about journalists, but I, but I uh-huh. remember sitting in the library with you while you were looking up medical schools. Uh-huh. And now, oh, I wanted to be everything. And, and now you're a lawyer. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess, oh God, I was thinking about it earlier, like what all of the things that I wanted to be. And like when I was little, I wanted to be a vet because like what little kid doesn't want to be a veterinarian. (laughs) And I remember my parents were pretty like, like gung ho about about it. And they're like, okay, let's, let's help you like do this. And like at nine or 10, so University of Illinois has a really good vet school. And I remember my mom and dad taking me there because they knew somebody. And so they're like, we're going to show you the school. This is going to be great. Um, and I was so excited. And we went there. And I'm, like, seeing all the animals. I'm like, this is great. They're like, you want to see cool? We're going to let you see a horse, like, give birth. And I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And I walk in, and it's happening. And I immediately was like, nope, I'm so out. I'm No, this is – no, I'm done. This is gross. So quickly did not want to be a vet anymore. And then got to high school, decided I wanted to be a journalist. I don't know if that's because of Gilmore Girls or what it was, <laughs> but um, <laughs> might have been an influence. Rory Gilmore might have been a part of that choice. I support that. Um, <laughs> right? I've, I mean, it's like, if you're going to be anybody off of TV, Rory Gilmore is somebody to aspire Agreed. to be. Well, kind of. Sometimes. Until, until the next. <laughs> until like, yeah, the reboot. Until the reboot. <laughs> yeah. I'm so disappointed in her. Glad I didn't choose her lifestyle. So wanted to be a journalist, went to college, took some journalism classes. And it wasn't so much that I didn't not want to be a journalist uh, anymore, but I worked with, I got a job as like an at-risk youth counselor, tutor, whatever, at an after-school program up in Evanston. And I worked there uh, all throughout college. And it's... Like, I guess 
I, when you said the medical stuff, I forgot that for a little while I even like wanted to be a doctor. I think I realized like blood and all of that stuff really grosses me out. So then the after school program, I wanted to be a therapist and then things have just kind of, you know, it's just been a continuous process of me wanting to be something else <laughs> all of the time. I relate to that. I feel like I still, right? I mean, I talk about this all the time, but I still have no idea what to do with my life. What you want to yep. be? No idea. I know. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like sometimes, you, especially maybe, I don't know, I'm, I feel like I'm speaking and trying to say that this is what everybody feels and maybe it's not, but I feel like our generation is very much trying to find a passion career and tr- so it feels you're like trying to find that thing that fits with your and fits you and makes you feel fulfilled and it's hard when you don't always know what you want to figure that out yeah I feel like that's why I like how we interview people on this podcast and learn about like how they decide what they want to be and what they love doing because I yeah I love hearing stories about that but because I don't have that because I like have so many different passions and I can't decide which Mm -hmm. one I want to actually turn into a career or which one is possible to turn into a career and I'm kind of just like bouncing around and just trying to be happy in the meantime (laughs) (laughs) no I 100% get that you and I talk about that on a very regular basis oh yeah now I'm a lawyer so really 180 on so many things. So you went to law school after um, uh-huh. undergrad at Loyola, but it mm-hmm. took you like a while to decide you wanted to go to law school. So how did you eventually make the decision to go? Uh, yeah. So I I mentioned that I wanted to be a therapist. Like uh, the kids that I worked with really kind of changed, um, I guess, my path and the goals that I uh, was working towards. And I just, I loved it. And I think working with them, I, I kind of wanted to do something where it was more like I, I might be able to work in the system as well, change the system. So I figured if, if it's not therapy, like what's something that I can still do to be involved and to be helping people in one way or another and like helping the kids. So I did some research and I was looking at different things and really went through just talking to a lot of different professors and honing in on the way that I could use the things that I enjoy doing. I like writing. I like interviewing people. I am very analytical. So it kind of led me to thinking about being an attorney. And I sat in on a a law class at Loyola, actually, just to see if it was something that I even would want to do at all. And I really liked the the way that people were thinking and just the approach of, of the class. I say that now having like been in law school and I was like, that was a joke, but it led me to go to law school because I, I figured that that would be something that I could do where I could like work with kids and work with families. And that's how I got there. But it did, it took a while because it was like senior year. I was still wanting to go into therapy and, So I ended up taking a year off in between undergrad and law school because I needed time to, you know, like 
study for the LSAT and apply to schools. So it, during my year off, I was doing all of that. So it was pretty much like, I feel like by the end of senior year, I had decided that that was going to be what I was doing. And I just ended up going home for a year and like working at, uh, actually my like roommate's dad's business. I worked as a receptionist for a little while and then was super bored doing that. And they gave me a different job in there. And that was what I did until I went to law school. I remember when you were working there and I was working (laughs) as basically a receptionist at a golf club and we would text each other nonstop all day, (laughs) every day. And that was basically how we kept each other entertained. Yes. Like kept each other sane. There was no way. And I I feel like that's kind of what's kept us good friends is that both of us are really good at keeping in touch with just like little things throughout the day mm-hmm. and uh, it is kind of weird when you think about like okay we knew each other for four months and then <laughs> I moved states away and we mm-hmm. see each other a couple times a year but not that often and but we've still remained like super good friends and you're in my wedding and Mm-hmm. friendship means a lot to me so so I'm just I think it's awesome I do too I think that we were very like fortunate to meet each other and I do think that it's like you and I are both just like once somebody's in our lives it's like you're sticking mm-hmm. around so I think it's good we both put in that effort and I don't know we're just very lucky it doesn't work out a lot with other people but Whatever, you're cool. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I, I talk about a lot how well, we're both INFJs and Alyssa's uh-huh. an INFJ too. Hey, so friend. I think that plays a role in it because like you just described, like once you're in our life, you, you're in our life for good. And like mm-hmm. that INFJs do that where they put in the effort and then they don't put in the effort with someone who they like don't see staying in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Alyssa, do you have any INFJ thoughts to add? Yes, I do have thoughts on the INFJ. (laughs) I think it's so interesting because actually, like, literally last week, all of my coworkers were randomly taking it. And so we were talking about our personality types. And it's interesting how many INFJs we know for it being such a rare personality type because we do, like, flock together, like you said, and, like, stick together. That's what my roommate and I, so my roommate um, is one of my best friends. We've known each other since we were five and have always known each other. And she is also an INFJ, which is super funny because we have like completely opposite personalities when you meet us. But she was saying, she's like, I feel like whenever I talk to people about this, everybody responds that they're an INFJ. And a little part of me wonders if it's like the people that are drawn to taking these tests might just be the people that like, self-analyze and tend to be those people in the first place that are like interested in how they think and how they feel and maybe it's like not only are the people that are friends with each other might be this personality type but those people might be the ones that are more likely to go out and be like who am I let's answer it through a test (laughs) right that makes a lot of sense (laughs) I have no idea but I I am curious about that too yeah I I think it's also Maybe because I I don't know about you guys, but a lot of things I've read about INFJs are like, we feel super un- misunderstood and like we uh-huh. don't feel like people 
understand our what level we're on and it's funny because the way I came across INFJ or like the personality types so if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about it's the (laughs) Myers-Briggs personality types and so the three of us are INFJ which is like introverted intuitive intuitive feeling Mm -hmm. judging Mm -hmm. which is what it stands for so you can go read about it but you can take the quiz at 16 personalities Dot com or just Google Myers-Briggs personalities and it's a, a free quiz to take to find out what your personality type is. But I first came across it like a few years ago. I was obsessed with reading thought catalog articles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love Which, it. I was just on that actually before. Because thought. I had a lot of free time <laughs> just like reading things on the internet. And they their articles are always about the different personality types or like what like type of underwear you should wear based on your Myers Briggs personality, <laughs> and and there was an article that was like uh, tips for dating someone who's an INFJ, and I clicked on it and I was like, "What's an INFJ?" And so I started reading the tips, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I think I might be an INFJ, <laughs> and so then that's when I like Googled it and then took the took the quiz, and I was like, "I am an INFJ." And I was like, "You might you might feel under- misunderstood." And I was like, "I do. I feel so misunderstood." <laughs> This speaks to my soul. And so then you take that quiz and you're like, wow, I'm just such a rare personality type. And then yeah. and then you feel better about yourself. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But I, it is true how many of us, like, yeah, we must just flock together. Yeah. and Or I feel like a lot of people that I know are, like, one letter off. Yeah. Like, like one, mm-hmm. one thing is different, but otherwise they're, like, pretty in line. It's pretty much the yeah. same. But yeah, my husband is also an INFJ and his mom is an INFJ too. So we've talked about that. How we're all just like oh, wow. kind of awkward and <laughs> and well, more than just awkward. We're just special people. Intuitive. Just yes, rare. We're rare. Intuitive. Yeah. Feeling judging. <laughs> Introverted. <laughs> Introverted. Got them all. <laughs> so going back to law school and being a lawyer mm-hmm. do you have do you know, have anybody in your life that or like any family members that you knew were lawyers or is you were you kind of I guess going out on a limb by choosing that career path um so my cousin is I have a massive family so one of my cousins went to law school uh, he's quite a, I, I don't want to say a lot older. He's like eight or nine years older than me. Okay. Um, but he never became a lawyer. Like he went, took the bar exam, did his thing. was like, I hate law school. I don't want to be a lawyer. So he's never actually practiced. Um, and he is the only one growing up that I knew, um, that was an attorney and really like, no, I wouldn't say a lot of my family, um, they are in like the teaching field or um, like insurance, like not a lot of like my parents didn't go to college. Um, my brother, one of my brothers didn't. And my other brother, he has a crazy life and he went to grad school for a little bit and was like, nah, I'm moving to Dubai and doing my own thing. And I was like, cool, <laughs> that's normal. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> how or why it was I think it was just an influence of the people Mm -hmm. more around me 
while I was in college that led me to that. And my, I mean, I feel like most parents say this about their children who are kind of stubborn and argue a lot when they're, you're little and they're like, you should be a lawyer. (laughs) My parents have always told me that because I don't give up easy in arguments and tend to dig my heel in. So I don't know. I feel like it was just something that kind of fit for me at the time. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a weird, an interesting choice. Looking back, it's, it's, it's been a whirlwind. It's been an adventure. Let's talk about that adventure. (laughs) Because. Fuck away. Molly's law school adventure was probably one of the most fun adventures to live through vicariously because she was never short of the most dramatic stories yeah that's that true. were so much fun and also like kind of like to listen to so <laughs> cringy um yeah let's see I don't even know where I want to start with that <laughs> that was quite the introduction so it's <laughs> gotta live up to I mean it. we don't need, we probably don't need to tell any specific stories unless you feel like there's <laughs> one that you can tell but I I just was so amazed at like how crazy you guys were partying and were with partying oh, yeah. and like how would you compare the partying experience in law school to your partying experience <laughs> in undergrad vastly different okay so I think that law school my description of it was always that law school is high school but people can just drink and hook up without parents around <laughs> um so it's always going to be interesting and it's like my law school was in the middle of nowhere is university of illinois so there's not like a lot to do um it's also relatively small for a class i think there were like 140 of us i'm probably getting that wrong but it's like somewhere around there and you're stuck together it's like you spend all of your time with the same people in the same classes you're assigned sections so you're literally all of your classes are with the same group of people and you have assigned seating. So you sit next to them. So there's that aspect of it, of being like just on top of each other all of the time. Uh, Plus being crazy stressed out and like just nervous and not knowing what you're doing ever. And it's competitive and uncomfortable and it's just, it was a lot. But some, I I don't know if it was just because there wasn't anything else to do or if it's just kind of the personalities that are drawn to this type of, like, path. I I don't know. But I would say, like, first year of law school, we would go out at least four times a week. And if not more, I mean, there was at Firehouse, there was karaoke on Wednesdays. And I remember being there on a pretty regular basis. I don't think I... Like in college, I would say I was pretty subdued in the partying. It was like we would have drinks at people's houses and that was it. Like sometimes after turning 21, we would go out. But it was also super expensive. And like I was broke and couldn't afford to like do things in Chicago. So it wasn't even worth it. Like you can't go out and you're living in an apartment. So house parties aren't really as much of a thing. But when you're in Champaign, it was literally all of the time and I even remember my mom saying because I was not like a huge partier and she was like this you go out a lot now (laughs) I was like yeah 
I, I do a lot. Very different. Well, I came to visit you on a... Uh, what a fun time for on you. A specific weekend that was especially <laughs> prone for partying. And I am not, like, that was not the right environment to put me in. Like, I ended up... I, I'm so sorry. Okay. I ended up, I mean, it was an experience for sure. But, but at one point, I did end up having to, like, leave the party we were at and go sit out on the floor in the hallway. <laughs> I couldn't find oh. This day is uh, a highly honored tradition at the University of Illinois, and it is called Unofficial St. Patrick's Day. And it's a couple weeks before the actual St. Patrick's Day on the Friday, and people will start drinking from the minute you wake up until the bars close at 2 a.m., and, like, the city basically shuts down, and they bring in extra police forces. Like, an extra 100,000 people come to Champaign just for this day. And, like, people are cracking beer bottles in class. Like, professors know that this is happening. One of my professors specifically said that she, like, calls on people who are wearing green, and she just assumes that everybody's drinking in class. I was like, this is such a weird experience. But that happens every year. And uh, Emily was unfortunate enough <laughs> to be invited to come it ended up being it being a great time <laughs> it was an but experience it, but it was just a window into molly's law school experience which i was just like <laughs> whoa yeah and i think like so my law school class too was really interesting in that we had a pretty big group of people that all hung out together so if you had like a night that you were going out you could text like a couple people and what would have been like two or three people turned into like 15 to 20 people and you're like I don't know how that happened but they're all in my apartment right now um and so it was it was never like there was never going to be a time where something didn't happen even if it was something funny or weird but it was just so many people put together with a lot of alcohol so it was always it was entertaining yeah which (laughs) which usually equals like social drama or friend drama or relationship drama Mm -hmm. so yeah there was never a shortage of interesting things do you still have a lot of those friendships then since it sounds like you guys were really close like while in school and obviously things can change once you graduate do you still have a lot of those friendships I would say yes I would say to the people that I was closest to although um not all of them are in Chicago so like one of my really really good friends Miriam she she lives in Chicago she was actually just out like we were together on Friday night to celebrate a birthday and Um, I see her, like, pretty regularly, and I talk to her a lot. Um, My friend Mark was one of my really, really close friends. He lives a couple hours away, though, uh, but I'm planning a visit to him in April. Like, we talk on a pretty regular basis. Really good friends Marie. She and I still talk regularly, but she moved to Miami, so it's hard to, like, obviously see her. But, um, again, it's, like, planning visits and doing all of that. But I think we still, like, there's, because there's such a big number of us in the city that we, again, like, I can text somebody and somebody's with someone else. And so, like, just the other night I went out and, like, there were, like, ten of us out. And it just so happened it was somebody's birthday and, like, didn't realize it. But I I would say I still see and talk to the people that I put in the most effort with in law school. There's a number of people that I was like, oh, they were fun, but, you know, 
things kind of fall apart once you graduate and it's not because anybody does anything it's just you know like it's how it works but yeah people you're still in contact with INFJs I don't know I don't know if and I would definitely say two of them are not um I was mostly kidding (laughs) knowing them Miriam might be I think she she, it wouldn't surprise me if she was Miriam is very very similar yeah yeah, the rest of them are uh, probably not there a little crazy. Did you like going to school in Champaign? I did, which surprised me. I didn't think that I would because it's very similar to the town I grew okay. up in. And the reason I actually chose it, there were a number of reasons, but one of the reasons I chose there versus Chicago was cost of living. And I figured that I would be able to focus more in law school than versus up here in the city where there's so much to do. And I didn't want to be distracted by all of the things that you could possibly do here. Oddly enough, I think I was like more distracted (laughs) in Champaign because of all of the things that were constantly happening. And I was always somehow involved in it. But I really, it was like a really, really nice place to go to school in and I loved my apartment I had like the best landlord ever his name was Tony he was lovely and old and just was the sweetest man on the planet and I lived like right downtown Champagne, so I could walk to coffee shops and um it was just it was a very very nice like quiet place that still had enough to do and like enough people that didn't make it feel kind of like claustrophobic which is how I think I start to feel in small small yeah. towns so I had to go to Champagne for work last year and we got to Aww. tour well we just like walked around campus and it it's like first Aww. of all a very pretty campus and then Isn't and it? then my coworker or my boss at the time was like wait a second and she like texted her aunt quick and then like put together that like science building there I don't remember what it was called but is where her grandparents met like years ago and I was like oh it's like such a cute little story that's so cute oh what a wonderful place (laughs) I think Champagne was a cute town like it has a little nightlife and they had like cute coffee shops Mm -hmm. and I thought it was fun. I mean, I've only been there once, but. Yeah, no, I definitely, I don't regret it. And I feel, I'm actually going down to Champaign in April with a couple law school friends um, just because we like miss it. And we're going to go down. It's just, it's cute. It's a, it's a really nice place to be. I wouldn't want to live there, but it's very, it was very, very nice. Yeah. I have really good memories. Aww. Some nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Making What now. do you think was the most stressful part of law school? Oh, God. <laughs> so much of it. Uh, I think that my experience in law school is very, was very different than a lot of people's law school experiences, mainly because the entire time that I was there, I was questioning whether or not this is what I wanted to do. So I think that that was a part of it. I honestly, some, a little part of me thinks it was, it was the drama of it all that was the most stressful to me that I, I think that my first year I try, I like genuinely tried to like leave law school um, and had a number of meetings with the Dean of students to talk me out of quitting law school 
And she had continued, she, like, her phrase to me, she's like, you are a square peg in a round hole in this law school. Like, you just don't fit with the rest of everybody. Because I'm not, like, a highly competitive person. And my, like, I think that people should help each other. And the way that law school was, it was so, because you're pitted against each other with your grades. And your grades are based off of each other. And so I think that that kind of makes for a toxic environment and can lead people to maybe they wouldn't necessarily behave in this way outside of law school, but I think it led some people to questionable actions and made them behave in not so kind ways that I was like, I don't want to be a part of this field if this is how people are. So I think it was on top of the constant studying and this high pressure environment to constantly be like successful. Yeah, I think it's just like a combination of all of those things. I How many years is law school? Three. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was three interesting years. <laughs> That's quite the commitment. <laughs> it, it is. It's almost like as much as medical school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that I'm comparing it to medical school. <laughs> so I feel like some people would get mad if they heard me say that. <laughs> <laughs> Two very, very different school experiences, <sighs> I would assume. Yeah, three three long years. So what are you doing now? Good if wanna, question. If you want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just quit my job. Um, I was working at an elder law firm doing like wills and trusts and estate planning and Medicaid planning for long-term care. And it was good job to begin with just not exactly the right fit for me and I think like that what's really important for small firms so a lot of my friends work for like these massive huge firms with like 500 attorneys or even at like like the public defender's office the prosecutor's offices whatever and there are a lot of people but in small firms there's only a handful and I think you have to like really find the right fit for you so I will my last day is actually on Tuesday um and then I will start at a new firm with an attorney who is a family attorney and I'm very excited because that's something that I care a lot about and have a lot of interest in doing and she's a solo practitioner so I'm her first associate which is going to be terrifying but also really fun and she's great and like badass and kind of who I like I'm like I want to be you in 10 years you're you're cool I I could see this being a thing so so what do you do with family law exactly um so (laughs) It's super fun to tell people on dates um, because it's all divorce law. And they're like, great. I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> um, family, family law is mostly divorces and child custody. And a lot of people always ask me why I am interested in doing that because it's like a miserable thing with people fighting all of the time. And it does. It gets like really, really messy and people get really mean to each other. But I guess I'm trying to be an optimist. And I think my background in psychology and my the things that I love the most about this field is having the opportunity to connect with people and hear their stories and I think that this is a place where I can kind of bring in psychology and work with clients but so my main focus for right now will be divorces and child custody however I am also interested in getting into like international divorce issues as well as adoptions because those are fun and happy and cute and (laughs) also anything that has to do with like 
in vitro fertilization and like egg donors. And that's kind of becoming a big thing with more and more people getting involved and laws are changing because of parentage issues. Because, you know, if you donate an egg, sometimes people want to be involved still as the parent. And so there's just legal issues that I find really fascinating that with as science grows and families change, the laws have to grow with it and change. So that's hopefully, I mean, that's like long-term interest, but right now just divorce, <laughs> which is fun. No, that sounds interesting. I feel like I forget yeah. because I never have to think about it, like how many aspects of law that there is that you can practice it. There are so many. Yes. And I don't even think I, I realize how many of them, how many different options you have and how detailed, like how specific you can really, really get into it. And that's something I think that a lot of like city lawyers have the opportunity to do too because they have there are so many people around that you have the ability to really hone in on one craft and become kind of an expert in this so Molly you have some interesting stories that I think our listeners would really enjoy so first of all can you tell the story about your cat (laughs) oh no oh god Um, you don't have to if you if you don't want to oh no I'll tell it. Um, This has become like a family story that everyone at Christmas is like, how's your cat doing? It's like, that's mean. So my cat that I got in law school, I named Cat. (laughs) Of course. Um, So, you know, his full name was Leonardo DiCaprio, (laughs) but I thought that that Naturally. I love it. Good thing you didn't choose Leonardo DiCaprio (laughs) because I'm pretty sure he like copyrighted that, but. Yeah, exactly. So this, I'm safe on this. (laughs) We're fine. We're good. So I got him um, because somebody posted like in a law school thing, like I'm a need, I like, I'm moving out of the country. I need to rehome my cat. Who wants it? And I was like, this sounds great. So picked up the cat. He and I had a tumultuous relationship at the start. He was not just, he was so loud and just obnoxious because I guess that that's what happens and like just wrecked everything all of the time so I had a plan to get him neutered but this so where this story then goes is that I had to bring the cat home for Christmas so he is in his little carrier and the trip from Champaign to my hometown is about an hour and I'm like 10 minutes away from my house and I just smell a horrible smell and the cat had like peed everywhere and I'm like ah crap and so get home and there is like cat urine just all over my back seat and so I take out the carrier put he's still in it put it on the ground outside of my and my mom comes out and I am very annoyed with everything that is happening. And I, my mom is, like, watching the cat. And I'm like, oh, I'm going inside. I need to get some paper towels, blah, 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 So I go in, get everything, come back outside. And the carrier is open. And my mom is just sitting there. And there's no cat there. And I was like, mom, where's cat? And she's like, oh, he, he, I just let him out. And I was like, you, you let him, like, it's outside. Like, where is he? She's like, he went that way. And I was like, mom, you can't just let the cat out. He's like, he doesn't live. What are you doing? And so my mom's like, well, you didn't like him anyways. And I was like, you can't, that's not how that works. And so I am running around the neighborhood. My cousin comes over. We are trying to find my stupid cat. And he is, we chased him, I think, for like an 
hour and a half, and there is just no getting this cat. Like, he is hiding under people's porches, and at one point, like, I'm under someone's porch, and somebody opens the door, and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I just, my cat's under here. Like, I don't know you. I'm not trying to break into your home. I just, I'm trying to get my cat. So, end up giving up the search because it's freezing and the cat won't come out. Um, So, like, a week or two go by. And I go back home, still can't find this cat, have been looking for him, can't find him. I get a Facebook message (laughs) from my seventh grade math teacher. And she's like, hi, um, do you have a cat? And I was like, what? And she's like, I found your cat. He's been living with me. And I was like, what? How did you? She's like, he has a, and we went to the vet and the chip. I guess went back to the original owner. They called the original owner. The owner was like, Hey, this is Molly Carmody, like has the cat. And so my seventh grade math teacher found my cat and I ended up getting like, she paid, she like got him neutered, did everything. I just had to promise to take care of him and to not lose him again. <laughs> like that's, I'm an adult. I promise I am an adult. Um, so that is the story of Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> And he was a great cat. <laughs> it was a rough time. Oh, he was he was a good cat. The only other thing before our last question is whether or not you watch any lawyer shows. I'm trying to think. I don't think I do. Have you ever seen For the People? I've never even heard it of it. It has like Britt Robertson in it, who I love. And she's like a public defender. Oh. It's very interesting, I think. So I think I've like I've watched um I tried to watch How to Get Away with Murder for a little bit. Anything like, um, what's that stupid show that Law and Order? I've watched that a few times and it just makes me angry more than anything else. Yeah. Cause it's just wrong and they do so many things. I'm like, there is no, that's no, that's illegal. <laughs> that you can't do that. <laughs> there is no way that that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Molly, we have one last question. It's one that we ask all of our guests. And that is, if you had a reality show about your life, what would it be called and why? This question makes me very nervous. I'm not good at coming up with, like, names for anything ever. I think Legally Blonde is a cop-out and a copyright issue. But probably, I would just say, I'd call it faking it. Because that's what I do all of the time. (laughs) Just, everybody always told me in law school, you know, fake it till you make it. And that is 100% what I think all of us are doing right now and it would just be trying to be like I don't know what I'm doing 99% of the time so I I like it I do too because I feel like a lot of people our age kind of suffer from like imposter syndrome so you feel like you're faking it Mm -hmm. yes and I can't it's the question of like am I or am I not like do I know what I'm doing or am I really pretending and I think it might be a good combo of both but we're we're getting through it We are. We are getting through it. That's like mine. A few weeks ago, we we were talking about this and I said, mine is trying to live my best life. So we're faking it slash trying to live our best lives. (laughs) Yours is much more optimistic. (laughs) I like it. it. It'll all work out. Indeed. It will. It'll be great. Thanks, Molly, for being on the floral couch. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Floral Couch Conversations. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Floral Couch Conversations. If you like what you're hearing, tell your friends, rate us. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts and check us out on floralcouchconversations.com.
Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Bye.